lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Greetings and happy Friday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. My name is Steve Dace. His name is Todd Erzin. His name is Aaron McIntyre. Joined by our good friend and colleague here, Chris Pandolfo. He'll be with us here in a few minutes for the Dace Group. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. You can email us, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. You can get lied to with hashtag Facebook approved takes, where I just present the regime affirming narrative that fake book demands um, and put my own little, uh, shall we say, spin on it. So get lied to by yours truly over on Facebook. You can also follow me on Twitter at Steve Day Show. And then if you want to find out what I absolutely really think on social media and post all the stuff that I can't post everywhere else, look for me on MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter. You can also uh, find me and find clips of the show that are free to watch and then free of censorship at rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. And if you're looking for that interview we did with Dr. Ryan Cole, Mayo-trained pathologist who has uh, studied, overseen hundreds of thousands of samples of COVID tests and infections, uh, you can do so. We've separated that interview out for you at rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. Coming up on the show today, of course, next hour, we'll get to your feedback on a Feedback Friday. But we begin, as we always do, with the day Group. Your weekly look at the week that was brought to you by Bambi. You know, when running a business, human resource issues can be a killer. Wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations. Chris Cuomo grabbed a co-worker's ass. You never know what can happen to you. That's why, hey, and you know, human resource managers, they are for sure not cheap, especially when you hire Chris Cuomo and he's grabbing co-workers by the ass cheeks. All right, that's why you want to go to Bambi. B-A-M-B-E-E, just like it sounds. It was created specifically for small businesses. Now, if you're a place like CNN and you hire such twerps, you're totally effed. But if you're a small business, business and you accidentally step on a rake by hiring somebody like Chris Cuomo, make sure you check out Bambi uh, because they can change your HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. And their dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, or real-time chat to help you with onboarding, determinations, to customize policies to fit your business. And by the way, month-to-month, no hidden fees, cancel anytime. So hey, Bambi can help you get rid of that Chris Cuomo-like employee, and then you can cancel after that if you want to do that, all right? Uh, So you didn't start your business because you wanted to spend a bunch of time on HR compliance. Let Bambi help and get you a free HR audit today when you go to Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E, Bambi.com slash Steve right now to schedule your free HR audit at Bambi.com slash Steve. Let's get to it. Issue one, bleep, Lord Nefarious says. You have repeatedly stated that our borders are not open, they're closed. Do you honestly believe that our borders are closed? Um, Senator, uh, I do. And... um let me um, uh, let me speak uh, to that. We- I want to know, I know it's been asked, how many known or suspected terrorists have entered this country 
this year. The information that you have requested, we'd be pleased to share with you in a classified context. You say the border is not open, but we're told by our teams on the ground, you guys are releasing pretty much all family units, couples where the woman says that she is pregnant or single women who say that they are pregnant and that nobody actually has to take a pregnancy test unless they want to. So are you suggesting you don't believe when women say they're pregnant? Imagine if every child and teacher were tested every morning and also they're vaccinated. You can imagine that situation, even if there's high levels of community spread, that maybe you can remove masks at that time. But we are nowhere near that yet. And I think what we really need to do is get the vaccines authorized for children as soon yeah. as that's possible. We really need to stop pushing these Trump-thumping, anti-vaxxer, Republican sticks into getting this vaccine. I mean, come on. I mean, just think about it. What a wonderful world it would be without them. I think when we're getting down to about 20 cases per 100,000 people per day, that's when you're going to start to lift some of these mandates. And that's when I think op masks are going to become something that's optional. People will wear them if they feel at risk. They want to protect themselves or their families. But I don't think that you'll be mandating the use of masks. But we're a long way from that. I truly hope that in Alberta, if someone comes into the ICU and they are unvaccinated for any reason other than a medical exemption, and if there's a 90-year-old who comes in who's vaccinated and a 20-year-old that comes in that's unvaccinated for no reason other than their arrogance and ignorance, I truly hope that the bed goes to the 90-year-old. Sure, you know what then? You get sick with anything. I don't even care if it's not COVID-related. You don't deserve an ICU bed. And you're right, the six feet was arbitrary. The six feet was arbitrary in and of itself. And the six feet is a perfect example of sort of the lack of um, rigor around how CDC made recommendations. Nobody knows where it came from. You don't want to see us in your unit. Right. You get sick, you don't want to okay. do a vaccine. The priority of the Biden administration is really addressing climate, but it's not the only priority. There are other yeah. things as well, such as the Uyghur situation in the West. Uh, what, uh, what is the process by which one trades off climate against human rights? Well, life, uh, you know, life is always full of tough choices. <laughs> is there a lesson? for you, for anyone else looking looking at this? Well, he's dead, so, uh, you know, in general, you always have to be careful. Uh... Hmm. Let's get to the first question, and Chris Pandolfo, as the guest, we go to you. What was the best of the absolute worst this week? Dude, I think TikTok is some Chinese state tool that they designed for the destruction of the rest of the world and it needs to be banned like my least favorite part of all of that is definitely the libs of tiktok just these women who are screaming and saying incoherent stupid things on social media to be popular it, it's always my least favorite thing whenever you guys do this segment it's perpetually just reinforces in my mind that we live in a state of total depravity and nothing's getting better and all my hope is gone, and now I want to go home. Thanks, Steve. Mission accomplished. Uh, Todd, that's what we do here. Crush groats. Todd. Well, the worst of the week is Aaron for not doing that to Yakety Sax. I thought we were clear about this. I mean, come on. True. Dang it. Turn the page, brother. Uh, Turn the page. It's... uh, it's a uh, baby murderer turned um, COVID expert. She that see, she came out with a new one, or maybe it was part of the same speech. But she actually admitted it's out on my so uh, my Twitter page yeah. that if 
you're vaccinated, you are an asymptomatic super spreader. She admits it, mm -hmm. and therefore, because her kids are unvaccinated, you, you, I mean, you can't make this up. The vaccine is so important that it's actually making things worse. She's saying this, and so run for your lives. I, honestly, I, I don't. I, I don't have any words anymore to communicate to you how this is the dumbest time ever to be alive. Ever! This, this Stop vaccinating right now! Sweden exists, for God's sakes! Problem is Sweden is vaccinating. Yeah, They're vaccinating I, everybody in Sweden. Yeah, so well, you can't make that argument no, anymore. No, Sweden's, I can and I will, Sweden's vaccinating everyone as we speak. You can't say Sweden exists and then have Sweden undermine your argument, brother. They're vaccinating everything that moves as we speak. It doesn't undermine my argument as long as they aren't spiking. Because then they're not spiking because they did this a lot. Now, if they, it goes to hell there, then it still makes my argument because before they were vaccinating, they were fine. And when they started vaccinating, see that's the argument you need to wait to make. But right now, right now, no, no, right no. now, they're 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 trying to stick a needle in everything they possibly can in Sweden right now. That it doesn't matter. You, it's what they did before and what they do now. We have to be able to walk and chew bubble gum at the same time. This stop vaccinating everybody right damn now. You're killing yourselves. It, it this happened just a few minutes ago, so it could not make Aaron's montage, but. The video, and it's on my Twitter feed at Steve Day Show. This apparently happened live on the air, on The View, where two of the women on the program, including uh, the, um, the woman that makes Jennifer Rubin likable, uh, Anna Navarro, um, were removed from the set live on the air because they were about to bring on the vice president, and they both had just tested positive despite being fully vaccinated they just tested positive for covid this 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 all just went down live on the air like and you can tell this was not a stunt or anything because they're like talking about what should they say what can they say and then finally what's her face i i don't know their names i just know anna navarro because i used to go against her candidates in gop primaries who's the redheaded chick oh uh, joy Behar. okay yeah whatever it, it who cares but i guess i shouldn't even ask but yeah um uh, you know it's clear that they don't know what their protocols are that they're supposed to do. And you just have to see this video. It, it, this sums up, this live moment sums up the entire last 18, 20 months of this scamtastic tragedy. I mean, just everything. That something bad and real is going on at the same time, a whole bunch of other things that might even be worse but are fake are happening at the exact same time. You just have to see this video for yourself. Aaron. My favorite ride on the crazy train was John Kerry being interviewed and asked about the Uyghur, situa the Uyghur situation in China, meaning the genocide of, of the Uyghurs in China, and saying that life is full of tough choices. Climate change, you know, extermination of an entire population, tough choices. Yeah, I, I agree. For John Kerry, life is full of tough choices. Should I fly business class or take a private jet to this um, meeting mm. of, of world leaders? Indeed, yes. Uh, should I have the caviar uh, tonight instead of the, um, I don't know, the uh, urban-crusted uh, 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 pine-roasted salmon tonight? Mm. Uh, full of tough choices, indeed. Should I take the Mercedes or should I take the Tesla tonight? Those are the type of tough choices um, John Kerry has to make every single day because... 
He is one of the important people, as we have learned multiple times. That's why he gets to make those tough choices. Absolutely. And so I, I just think um, maybe maybe I gave him a little bit too um, unfair of a rap by including him in uh, the worst of the worst this week. Indeed. Uh, John Kerry, ham, salami, and bacon. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you. Let's get to the exit question on a scale of 1 to 10. With one being the odds that when Chris Cuomo claimed he was grabbing a former co-worker's butt cheeks, uh, that it wasn't, quote, meant in a sexual way, that that was a lie. And 10 being the odds that when Lindsey Graham grabs a female co-worker's butt cheeks and he says it wasn't meant in a sexual way, he's telling the truth. All right. Rate this week's level of total depravity. <laughs> 10. Chris, go ahead. Um. Yeah, it's a 10. I thought that was actually one of the better exit questions I've come up with recently. You guys are welcome to affirm it. I liked it. Made me giggle. I knew it was coming and I laughed at it anyway. I liked it. Uh, before we get to issue two, let us tell you about our friends over at Better Spectacles. If you bought a pair of glasses at any point, thrown them in a drawer, never worn them again, you're so frustrated, uh, especially if you've got a problematic prescription or progressives you just can't get used to, well, I've got help for you from Better Spectacles. They're now offering authentic German-engineered Rodenstock eyewear for the first time in the United States. Rodenstock is a 144-year-old company. They're considered the world's gold standard in eyewear with over 500 patents, and you can get access to that through Better Spectacles. And one of their specialties is dealing with problematic prescriptions like me, a little near, a little far, or not quite ready for bifocals. So they can help you out with that with Better Spectacles. And if you've got just a everyday run-of-the-mill script, they can help you with that too. So you don't have to leave your house. Better Spectacles will give you access to one of their industry-leading opticians right there online as if you were in one of their stores and get the same expert consultation from your home. And right now they're also offering you 61% off of their Ghost Spec lenses, plus free handcraft, handcrafted Rodenstock frames. If you want to know what these things look like, if you like the glasses I'm wearing on the show here today, that's these. I'm wearing Rodenstock glasses right now from Better Spectacles. BetterSpectacles.com slash Steve. Again, BetterSpectacles.com slash Steve. Let's get to issue two here on the day script. How do we explain this? The United States may just have its own miniature version of Israel on its hands. It's well known now that Israel, one of the most vaccinated developed countries in the world, has seen some of its highest peak numbers of cases and hospitalizations from Wuhan coronavirus since the pandemic began, despite its high vaccination rate. Similar story may be playing out stateside as well. Vermont, the most vaccinated state in the union at 88% of all adults at least partially vaccinated, is seeing its largest surge in cases per 1 million residents since the pandemic began in March of 2020. This coming during a time when the typical respiratory virus season is out of season in the Northeast. We good? All right, let me give you some more data points here. Um... If you look at Wisconsin yesterday, Dane and Madison are two of the, I think they're two of the three largest, right? Milwaukee's the number one? Madison is <clears throat> in Dane County. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. All right. So they're, so it's just one. Okay. But, but um, they, they reported yesterday in Wisconsin, uh, they reported that um, half of their new cases in the most recent weekly report, half of their new cases were fully vaccinated there in Wisconsin. Uh, Aaron mentioned Israel. 80% of those over the age of 16 have been fully vaccinated exclusively with Pfizer. 
And in the second week of September, while the country was uh, was 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 fully vaccinated with 80 percent, 16 and over, they had the exact same amount, almost the exact same amount of deaths as they had the second week of September a year ago when the country was locked down and there were no vaccines. Um, we've we've talked about what's going on in Michigan. Thirty one percent of their deaths in their last weekly report in Michigan, fully vaccinated. That data came out just 48 hours ago. Uh, and then here in the United States, we have 301% more COVID cases and 175% more COVID deaths the second week of September this year than we did the second week of September last year when Trump was killing us all. Scott Atlas literally was speaking words of death into the air. There were no vaccines and there was a lot less natural immunity. How in the world... Do we explain all of this? And we should also mention, by the way, Wisconsin, Michigan, Vermont, not yet in seasonality. In fact, in 2019, the the last pre-COVID year, Vermont's Department of Health did not mark the start of the flu season that year until September the 29th. That's almost a week from now. How do we explain this? Chris, we'll go to you first. Well, I think that just in terms of the virus being a virus what we're seeing is the delta variant which is more contagious than other variants is spreading more rapidly and the vaccines that were developed were not really effective at stopping that spread of the virus even if they're effective at keeping people alive and not sick in the hospital for the most part so i think it's just we saw this earlier in the uh, the summer where the delta variant peaked in all these southern states and now it's coming down and I think Vermont is one of these places where it's peaking and in a few weeks it's going to come down because that's just the way that it behaves. If you look at the actual like numbers of people who are getting sick in the state, it's like not compared to other states where this has happened. It's relatively low. And so I, I think a lot of the media reporting about spiking cases and high infectious rates is kind of uh, I, I don't like the way that they're counting these things, because let's say you have like 100 people who are fully vaccinated and like 10 people who are not vaccinated, and that's your population, it's 110 people, and you've got four cases of coronavirus, and two of them are vaccinated and two of them are unvaccinated, you could say that 50% of the people who got coronavirus were fully vaccinated, when in reality, it's just four people out of 110 total, right? So I I, I don't like using that kind of percent of cases to count this stuff. I think it's more, uh, it's better to just look at the total number of people from the population who've gotten sick and when you do that, you could see that most of the people who are fully vaccinated are not getting sick, even if some of them are. And there's smaller numbers of unvaccinated people, and they're kind of getting sick about, at about the same rate they were before the pandemic, yeah, or before the Delta variant or in the advent of the vaccines. You know, so my t- my take on it is still optimistic. I think it's just we're seeing a peak of the virus in different parts of the country, hitting at different times, and Vermont has always been kind of weird and that it hasn't really had a high number of cases for the entirety of the pandemic, and it's difficult to compare it to other states. How do you explain Wisconsin and Michigan? Same seasonality region, not yet in season, experiencing in certain areas similar kinds of numbers. Look, I mean, I I just think COVID is COVID. It's a a virus. It peaks at different times. I don't really have an explanation. I, I can't tell you. I don't know. Um, it's just spreading and people, you know, are contracting at different times. Uh, In the South, 
it was out of season for the earlier in the summer too, right? When we were seeing all these case surges and everybody was freaking out about Florida and now it's coming down. I think the same thing's happening up north. It's gonna go up and it's gonna go down as people develop natural immunity to the virus and they get better. The most important things we should be focusing on is how do we treat people who get sick with early treatment? And Governor DeSantis has been doing that with monoclonal antibody treatments in Florida. That should be adopted everywhere in the country. And you know, as long as we can keep people from going to the hospital and keep people from dying, I think that's the way out of this pandemic. What I do think is gonna happen is people are going to continue to blame this on unvaccinated people spreading the virus. Uh, I think the governor of Vermont actually said like 80% or something of the cases in Vermont were among the unvaccinated and he's using that to push for new vaccine mandates. I think it's a counterproductive policy to tell people to do something when, you know, topics like this come up and the data is confusing. And as long as you focus on early treatments and keeping people who are at high risk from getting sick, like the elderly and maybe people who are have unhealthy lifestyles out of the hospital, that's the way forward out of this pandemic. Todd, to you. The fact that Israel exists and those hospitals are filled with vaccinated people, and I can't stress enough, one in 700 people who are unvaccinated right now end up in the hospital. One in 700. It's not a game of Russian roulette from Deer Hunter. It's not. I, I'm at the point now that, and, and Steve has made clear that the even Todd factor about taking vaccines and it seems to have uh, helped mitigate uh, the severity. That was true. But now, no matter who you are and what this is doing in mass, I I think it's a failure of an IQ test. If you say, I think the vaccines are a good thing. By what standard of science is this working for the collective? I beg of you people, this, this is all wrong. It is an ethical disaster. Aaron. So there are a couple of points I'll, I'll try to make here fairly briefly. One is, I think, I, I haven't really heard this a whole lot, but I think we should probably answer it. Why are we focusing on cases now when we called stuff like this a case-demic last year? Well, first of all, we were told, we were told that cases are all that matter. So... By your own standard, uh, cases are all that matter. So we're we're well within our rights just on that alone to focus on the number of cases. But secondly, you've heard me say a few times that generally speaking, viruses don't get more deadly uh, over the years. The flu virus, different strains develop. One, some years may be worse than others, um, and, and one year might have more deaths than others. But I'm talking about over the long course of history, Uh, and I'm talking decades, generally speaking, viruses don't get worse. And what I mean by that, that that means uh, deaths, the overall raw numbers of deaths. If you can look back over the flu virus, they go down and down and down uh, over the years from one year to the next or every five years or so. That's what we're talking about here. The reason why we talked about a case-demic last year is that we were working under the presupposition, despite the fact about the questions of the origins of this virus, the virus was still behaving as a typical respiratory virus behaves. Now, so far, it's not. Generally speaking, when uh, respiratory viruses emerge, you'll see a, a large wave and then a smaller wave and then a smaller wave 
dormancy and then the next season a larger wave but not as high as now we're seeing record setting waves over a year over a year almost two years uh, into this pandemic and yes it is actually two years now uh, the first detectable cases in china i believe were in september of 2019 why what changed what changed in those uh, in the last year and a half you could say, well, people are milling about uh, more and more. Okay, that's that. That's one thing. But the biggest, the biggest. Um, but, but we've got data on that as well. Florida was open a lot sooner than California, and you can compare all of these places. Sweden exists as a control group for or against lockdowns. The main ch- thing that has changed has been the advent of these vaccines. So, yes, on an individual level, on an individual level, they surely decrease the severity of symptoms if you are hospitalized or maybe even might keep you out of the hospital altogether. But on the whole, something is happening uh, to this virus because of the vaccines. I don't I don't think that's a question right now, whether that's antibody dependent enhancement or something else. It's certainly spreading a lot better than it was last year, which would be typical of a respiratory virus as it seeks as it seeks to uh, infect as many as it typically can. But to this level, we got to start asking questions again, a reminder because of the, the case numbers, be, uh, the, the CFR might be going down. For COVID, but because of the raw numbers of cases, the size of the pie is a lot yeah, Your bigger. excess mortality will still go up while exactly. the CFR goes down. So the size of the pie yeah. is a lot bigger right now because of the sheer number of people who are infected, meaning even though the slice of that pie, that CFR might be smaller than it was before, it's actually a lot larger because of the size of the pie. So I mean, the UK something is, a great is example. different here, and it's definitely, I, I think you have to attribute it to the, the vaccines at the, this point. The UK is a great example of what you just said, in that we have the decoupling between cases and deaths. If you look at the UK, I mean, the amount of, of, of that's what you want. That's what you're looking for yep. is you, you are looking for a chart that looks like what the UK has. All right. Where you're up against a new way, a new, a, you're a new variant that proves to be more infectious, but less lethal. That's, that's, that's what we're looking for here. The problem is though, that the case numbers are so overwhelmingly high. That even when you when you are dropping the overall CFR, which is the number one target you're always looking for ultimately, because the IFR is a harder thing to get a hold of, hold of because then you have to do a mass seroprevalence of who's been infected and doesn't know it that you didn't know about, right? So the most basic number you can get a hold of is a CFR. The UK CFR has plummeted. The problem is the raw numbers of cases are so high and that's, that even when you look at the charts and the death numbers on the chart are like this, but the case numbers are like this, the, the overwhelming numbers, the, the, the raw numbers are so high that you're still dealing with a 638% increase in deaths in the UK from this time a year ago. And I need to close the loop on something along those lines. That's why I bring up the flu going downwards or whatever it looks like. That's why the flu over the long course goes relatively downwards, or even from from year to year, it goes downwards. Um, right now, that's why that's why this seems unnatural. Even though the CFR is lowering the deaths right now, as we've seen from August and September, out of se- in places that it's out of season for respiratory viruses, they're actually going up year over year. So early on, preliminarily, uh, something's unnatural about that. Chris, I want to give you a minute here before I get to the exit question, because uh, everybody hears what we think all the time. So I want to give you the last word. Go ahead. 
Look, I would just say that the points you guys raise are reinforcing why the man mandates are a bad idea and why they're going to so distrust and further so dis division and when you're telling people to do because you know a, a lot of the public health officials who may be aware of the statistics that you guys are talking about they're not even talking about this which is sowing distrust so you know the best that i can do is reinforce my personal case where i got vaccinated i didn't suffer any consequences i haven't gotten anyone else sick and no one's gotten me sick and as far as what we do in terms of public policy, which is more important because we're talking about what we need to do as a community to go back to our lives where we have businesses open and we can go outside and breathe the free air and you know do things like we normally did without fear of the government just hammering us and locking us up like they're doing in other places like Australia. The answer to that is just, you know, if you're sick, stay home and just let people be free. Amen. Exit question. The current trend line around the country when I looked at COVID dashboards in the last week that actually provide vaccinated versus unvaccinated data, and there's not many, but the uh, about a dozen or so states that provide this, the current trend line is about 20 to 25% of COVID hospitalizations are fully vaccinated. 60 days from now, heading into Thanksgiving weekend, will that trend line increase or decrease? One word answer, Aaron. Increase. Todd. Increase. Hey, what do you think, Chris? Probably increase. All right, we'll come back. We'll discuss the border and what in the literal hell is going on there next. By the way, during the break, I, I sent something out. I, I, I went and looked at the Public Health Agency of Sweden's vaccination page and its guidelines and yeah i mean it's it's basic protocols i mean they're vaccinating any adult anybody over 16 that wants it um they have they have approved the four major vaccines astrazeneca j and j moderna pfizer and they're one of the most aggressive vaccinating countries in the world right now but if you go just look though at the information they provide their people how openly, bluntly they discuss natural immunity with their current data line shows, um, the questions they tackle, the clarity they provide, the trans. I mean, it, it's another world. I mean, minus the Fauciest dissembling, the politicization of CDC that we constantly get. I mean, it it's a whole other world. And I can I can see why after their government gave them honest information a year ago and let, left them free when most almost every other government on earth didn't do that. I can now see why they have built up a certain amount of trust immunity, if you will, within their population that when they say, all right, now we suggest you guys go out and get vaccinated if you don't have, if you cannot present antibodies from a prior infection. I can see now why they have one of the highest soaring vaccination rates in the world over the last three months. They've earned the trust of their people. I mean, it's just a completely, go look yourself. I tweeted out the link to it at Steve Day Show. You can get, that should give you a link to an English translation there. It is another world of public service compared to what has gone on here. And what's gone on here is there's some real spiritual stuff happening here. That, and, and a lot of these spiritual forces are aligned to use this uh, to take us down as really the last cornerstone of Western civilization. In a country where they're not worried about that, look at how much more honest they are. It's, it's just really something to behold. 
That's why, by the way, you never know when the next It Couldn't Happen Here happens here. Make sure you're prepared with our friends at My Patriot Supply. Their food is especially packaged to stay fresh for up to 25 years in proper storage. And that means you'll have the peace of mind of knowing that the next time when it's not toilet paper or hand sanitizer, maybe it's food, your family will be taken care of. Uh, you can get their four-week emergency food supply from My Patriot Supply for 50 bucks off right now. This includes breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, and even snacks for a total of 2,000 plus calories per day for everyone in your family, you and your family. So take advantage of this right now. We won't send the Doom Prepper pink incandescent van for your all your neighbors to see it'll show up discreetly at your door uh, but you can take advantage of this right now get some peace of mind when you go to preparewithdace.com that's d-e-a-c-e for preparewithdace.com all right let's get back to the dace group welcome back in our good friend chris pandolfo issue three a swap meet for human traffickers Whatever the word is that's stronger than crisis or invasion, use that word to describe what's happened at the southern border, not only over the last couple of weeks, but this entire year. Senator Ron Johnson, during a congressional hearing with Secretary of Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas, broke down just how dire the situation has become. Uh, eight to 1,100 known gotaways, which would equate some, somewhere over 300,000 gotaways, known gotaways for, for the year. Uh, if you annualize these figures, spend a couple hundred thousand people per month, uh, we'll be up to about 2.1 million apprehensions. Add the, get the getaways, three to 400,000, we're up to two, two and a half million people. Um, you have repeatedly stated that our borders are not open, that they're closed. Do you honestly believe that our borders are closed? Um, Senator, uh, I do. And... Um let me um, uh, let me speak uh, to that. Eyebrows were raised earlier this week when it was revealed that as many as 8,000 Haitian illegals made their way to Del Rio, Texas, despite Haiti being an island nation and not bordering our country. Bill Malugan of Fox News explains that that's not where they're coming from. How are, how are people walking from Haiti to Del Rio? There's a huge ocean. There's the Gulf. They're not. They've been in Chile for a long time now, and they've been waiting. And they've just, for whatever reason, decided now is the time they want to try to come here to the United States. And from what they've been telling us and from what we've been seeing, they know once they cross that river, they mm. step foot right here in the U.S. If they've got a child, if they've got a pregnant wife, if they're a family, they're going to get released with a piece of paper. And if they want to, they can disappear into the shadows, and a lot of them do. Meanwhile, at the White House and in the mainstream media, pearls were clutched this week as another hoax was created and fomented, all centering around this photograph of a Border Patrol agent actually patrolling the border and herding Haitian illegals away. People were upset because the reins used by the horseback Border Patrol agent looked like a whip in this photograph. The White House announced that horses are now outlawed for Customs and Border Patrol. Just another week in a banana republic. Todd, what, what the hell is this? What is this, Todd? What the hell is it? Uh, it's not a real country. And therefore, to your question about how did Haitians get here in the first place? Well, there's no... This isn't a real country, so that's not a real ocean over there, and it, there's just, it's all imaginary. It's, any, the Constitution, it doesn't exist. There, this, 
is as lawless as we are so drunk on our comfort that we can't see that there has never been wild west whatever you call it the wild west had far more regulatory principles tombstone the movie far more clearly drawn lines in the sand than whatever the hell this is I mean, really, go ahead into your weekend, whatever you're going to do, have lots of fun. But just know that this country is committing suicide in real time. Every minute, Joe Biden is in power. Do with that what you will. It's about, I, 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 I've clearly reached both with vaccination. There's, 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 there's no grown-ups. We, we want this. We cannot be bothered. You could walk right in Steve's story about the guy whose uh, wife is cheating on him and the husband comes home and finds it all. And then the guy just who's cheating on his wife just goes downstairs and raids his fridge and sits down. That's that's this whole damn country. You're all pathetic. I can't I have so much contempt for those of you who are just sitting there watching this and thinking sooner or later common sense is going to kick into gear well we, 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 we're, we're going to run trump again in 2024 and fix all this everything which is approximately two and a half years everything that gets now. matter that matters in this world is getting raped right in front of your very eyes think of all the worst analogies all the worst places this can go it's going there because you won't do anything God, you think, I mean, you think they're going to, look at Australia. It's a real place. It is Western civilization. There is no Western civilization. Exactly. Thank you. Western civilization's dead. Doesn't exist. Chris, your thoughts. I like how uh, the reporter in that Fox News segment was like, well, for whatever reason, they just decided to come to the United States now. (laughs) The reason is Joe Biden was elected president. He said, I'm going to stop constructing the wall and we're going to pause deportations for 100 days. And so literally what happened is these Haitian migrants were already in Chile and they had evacuated to that country uh, after natural disasters in previous years and political turmoil. And they're, the Associated Press reported this week, they're literally getting social media messages on WhatsApp saying, hey, uh, with Biden in office, now's a pretty good time to come to the United States from their family members who are already here. And so what do they do? Biden gets elected last to November and December and January. They start trekking up from Chile. It takes a couple of months to get here. And now at the end of the summer, this caravan of migrants has popped itself in Del Rio, Texas. And the Biden administration is like, well, why are they here? We have laws against this, except they're not enforcing the laws. And when the agency, the Border Patrol tries to enforce the laws, they say, oh, that looks racist because a a few people on social media are mad about it. And therefore, we have to take away their tools, take away their horses uh, because, you know, it looks bad for us. And that's the problem is this administration's policies are being dictated by people who are mad on Twitter. And it's not based on fact. It's not based on what's best for them, both these migrants for, and for the people in the United States who live here, who are elected representatives are supposed to, you know, represent. And it's just this ongoing, unmitigated disaster that this administration doesn't have the political will to deal with. And is going to be exploited by Trump, who is going to be able to run 
in 2024 and kind of campaigning against Biden for all of this and for other things. And the, the fact of the matter is, though, even though Biden, Trump, when he was in office, like he stopped this illegal immigration problem basically because he said he was going to be tough on it, even if he never actually enacted the policies to get there. His rhetoric was such a deterrent that people just stopped trying to come to the United States. And, you know, even if he wins election and he beats Biden, he gets to be president again. Do you think Congress is really going to help him complete the wall as he promised? Are they actually going to pass the needed changes in immigration law that we have to have to secure the border? Uh, Trump didn't get it the first time around. I'm skeptical that he can do anything more than executive orders the second time. And so the bottom basic problem is on both sides, the Republican Party and the Democratic Party, there is no political will to solve this problem because Republicans want to import cheap labor and Democrats want to import cheap votes. And as long as that's the status quo, this is not going to go away. Aaron, give me your quick thoughts. I don't think I can say it better than that. I think honestly. I think Chris's summation is of the situation is pretty complete. Agree. Let's get to our kicker issue then, issue four. What is something that is not currently pumpkin spiced that should be, Aaron? Um, how about a pumpkin spiced border? Yeah, pumpkin pumpkin spiced border would be uh, would be a, a lovely thing. I think um, pumpkin spiced human traffickers. Yeah, pumpkin spice spiced drug mules. I, I'm sorry, Todd. When when Steve said this, the first thing I thought of was you. I think we need a pumpkin spice, Todd. I think I think I think that given the current mood Todd is in, he needs some pumpkin spicing. Yeah. I don't yeah. think there's any question about Look that. Look at that. I yes. mean, that just says pumpkin spice right there. It's a pumpkin spice I mean, I, that, That's the face of a guy that needs to recognize what his pope said yesterday, that the past is, is, kills us, and we need to embrace the, 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 the fads of the future. Right? Something like that, right? Do, we have, do pumpkin spice masks exist yet? Uh, you know what? If not, they should. They should. You want a pumpkin spice masks? Well. How about, would you like some pumpkin spiced Pfizer? Is that possible? <laughs> Why not? I think they would. Why not? I don't like. I'm. They sh- actually. I want. I want a pumpkin spice mask. I want. You know a what? I'm full going on Amazon in right In your now. face. You know that this is not medical. That it's a decoration of the pagan perpetual holiday. That is COVID. Yes. Yeah, so yes. Pumpkin spice mask. That's. That's the perfect scent for all of this Let's nonsense. See. You can you can get masks that say "Keep Calm, It's Pumpkin Spice Season," or you can get masks on Amazon that say "Pumpkin Spice Junkie." Um, but I can't find a mask that, in and of itself, is actually pumpkin spiced. Well, that seems so you like might a, you might be onto something. It seems like a great moral slight. Yes, indeed. I think that's. That is something that uh, it might be, you might be the man to correct that, this, over, this oversight. What should we be pumpkin spicing that we're not, Chris? Well, let me ask you, because you're the expert. Is there yet a pumpkin spice built bar? Yes. Yeah, they haven't, they haven't announced if it's coming back this fall, but last fall, they had a, mm-hmm. a, a pumpkin chocolate chip cookie built bar, and it was tremendous. Yes. Well, then they, they have everything they need, don't they? Yes. Nothing else. All right, so we're settled. Okay, P- Todd wants pumpkin spice masks. Aaron wants to pumpkin spice Todd, and Chris wants Built Bar to return, uh, come back with their pumpkin. And I'm the only one who's going to get what he wants. You- <laughs> what, what do you want? What do you want pumpkin spiced? 
Would I want pumpkin yeah. spiced? All the things. All the things. Oh, that's right. Yes, all the things. Yes, uh, to me that it's a very short list. It just starts with all the things. Pumpkin spice, all the things. That's what I'm down with. Well, with our, too bad our, our release of our new chapter, Fauci and Booster, is just digital because could we pumpkin spice the book? We could. We could, absolutely. In fact, the, the pumpkin spicing will be implied. Remember scratch and sniff stickers? Yes, I do. Absolutely. I do. Yes. All right, let's get to our predictions. Aaron, go. This is a hot take for you. Within the next five to ten years, Brigham Young University athletics will be considered, particularly men's uh, basketball and football, will be considered a national powerhouse thanks to what they're already doing with NIL. Hmm. There's some, some Which, by the way, Bill Barr is a part of that. Yeah, there's some yeah. cyber company uh, that I've never heard of. They gave uh, like $2 million to the women's, I think it was basketball or volleyball hmm. team. Each player gets like six grand just to tweet about this company. I think there's a lot of money around there. Yep. And I think they're utilizing it correctly. Todd. Somebody who matters, a journalist, you know, who matters, it is going to be vaccinated and is going to be severely injured or die because of it. And then that's the only thing that's going to finally get people to stop this pagan nonsense that is the magic of vaccines. Do we still not know what killed there Hank Aaron? I was about to say that. Yeah, do we still not have a cause of death for arguably um, one of the top five most important athletes, American athletes of the 20th century? Didn't didn't matter. Let alone greatest, right? I, I think it's a small list of guys who have 3,000 hits and 700 home runs, and I think it's a list of one. I believe it's him. Uh, Chris, your prediction, go. I think the uh, the next part of my lengthy series with Leon Wolf on the origins of COVID-19 and how health officials like Fauci and others covered it up is going to come out next week. Uh, that's my prediction. Okay. You know, I right. want to stay tuned. Well, good. I'm going to predict that Republican uh, Glenn Youngkin is going to defeat Democrat Terry McAuliffe in the Virginia governor election on November the 2nd. I think you've got, uh, you've got a... A, a gathering storm there. Uh, you have an, an unpopular former incumbent who kind of is unlikable, not woke enough. He's from the Clinton era, the original Clinton era of triangulation. So he's not really woke enough, still too white male-ish, has a lot of political baggage uh, on top of the fact of the, uh, the the rising tide of anger of what's going on, even in places like Loudoun, Virginia, Loudoun County School Board there. On top of a fairly nondescript, not really a guy that inflames or ignites people's passions one way or the other, Republican, who can kind of just stand there and be the alternative while people are like, hell no, to Terry McAuliffe. That's what I think is going to go down there on November the 2nd. Chris, we'll see you again soon, brother. Thank you for being on today. Appreciate it. You bet. All right. Feedback Friday is coming your way here with our two. We'll get to your responses to us and we will respond in kind next. Back with our two live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Totters and Aaron McIntyre and all of you. Don't forget to let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox by emailing us Steve at SteveDace.com. Look for us on Facebook where we lie to you there with hashtag Facebook approved takes. Or you can find out what I really think by following me on Twitter at Steve Dace Show or looking for me on MeWe 
Parler, Gab, and Getter. You can also get clips of the show that are free of Big Tech censorship at rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. And then finally, if you're a podcast listener, thanks to all of you that have uh, given us a five-star review. Uh, hit the subscribe or follow button. You've helped us a ton, so thank you. And if you've yet to do that, please consider doing so for us today. We would appreciate that as well. Uh, Feedback Friday brought to you by Moink. You know, here in the Northeast Midwest, uh, grilling season is kind of winding down. So you got plenty of time, though, to still take advantage of Moink's delivering to you grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, direct to your door, helping family farms across the country become financially independent outside of big ag with animals that are raised outdoors, fish that actually swim wild in the ocean, Uh, Moink meat, free of antibiotics, hormones, sugar, and all the other junk that you find in the the prepackaged stuff in your meat aisle. So if you want to sign up today, go to Moinkbox, M-O-I-N-K, moinkbox.com slash Steve. Moinkbox.com slash Steve to get a free year of ground beef and then pick what meats you want delivered with your first box. That's right, a free year of ground beef and then pick what meats you want delivered with your first box when you go to moink.com, moinkbox.com slash Steve. Again, moinkbox.com slash Steve. All right, let's get to some uh, Feedback Friday. You guys ready to go? Yes. All right, let's begin with uh, this note from John Brannon, who says, as someone who has friends across the political spectrum and has seen some of them move in our direction regarding COVID, I wanted to make a suggestion. Is there a way when you have guests like Dr. Ryan Cole to minimize yourself more? Spend less time giving an intro to your question and just let the guy talk. I say this because listening to the interview on Tuesday, I think there is so much more there. But if I share it with a friend and they hear you talking for the first three minutes, the conservative guy, blah, 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 they'll turn it off and won't get to the doctor. It's a thought I've had a few times. You guys' show is fantastic. But from an apologetic perspective, The more the experts talk, the easier it is for foot soldiers to spread the gospel. Well, first and foremost, John, this is um, one, I mean, I I have a verbose personality. That's why I'm in talk radio and not a librarian. Uh, But that notwithstanding of my own personality, um, you raise a good point. Here's the struggle. Let's assume that I could discipline myself a tad more. How many people, if I didn't set up the question, if I just asked Ryan, Dr. Cole, your thoughts on vaccines? Dr. Cole, your thoughts, do the vaccines work? Dr. Cole, your thoughts on, what's it, do we have a leaky vaccine? Dr. Cole, do we have, your thoughts on, is there ADE? How many people know what the setup to any of those questions happen to be? Right? So, um, could I talk less? Well, the answer to that question in general is, of course, <laughs> all right? But these are issues that most people don't know and understand. So just to not, to, to ask just questions with not, without a setup on something of this magnitude, I, I just don't think that's possible. So, and, and you know, I, I wish... That uh, CNN would pick up the phone and and call Ryan Cole. But the problem with that would be it'd be a three and a half minute interview and it would be a hatchet job. So 
It's a tough balance, though, John. It, it is it is a tough balance, but but we're dealing here with really specialized subject matter, and and if if I don't set the questions up, he can give great answer. He'll talk more, but you might understand less because it's going to be really technical because he's way above us, he's way smarter than us. So it's it's just not as easy as. Subject, predicate, period, and then shut your mic off. I, if I did that, yeah, would he talk more? Yeah. Yeah. Would we understand more? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. We might. I don't know. But not necessarily. And the reality is, I would say for your friends that from other uh, parts of the, the media industrial complex, they actually need to hear the setups to these questions because they've been fed a complete line of BS. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. I mean, they're 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 zombified. They're they're just regurgitating mantras and talking points. So the setup to the question, I think, is actually very important. They don't know what the hell a leaky vaccine is. They don't know. They've never heard the term. I mean, how most of the people on, on our side of these issues don't even know what these words mean. That notwithstanding, in general, though, could I talk less? Yes. You guys have any feedback on that? Uh, I think there's all the time it comes up when I'm going through questions that people want to ask Steve back here. Like, why, why is Joel Osteen back there? It, there's new people coming to our show all the time. And we, that's been addressed like years ago. But for we, people keep jumping on board. Right. And if, right, I think that was the third time I've booked Dr. Cole on the show, but there's quite a gap in between if the same people were always seeing Dr. Cole and all the other guests we have on all the time, then I think what you say would have more merit. But the simple fact of the matter is most, a lot of people saw him and a lot of our guests just for the first uh, time. And so you, you, you just have, there needs to be that level of introduction for everybody's uh, uh, sake because th- th- that's that's what Steve does not only on this issue that's what Steve does on every issue he makes look look at you people are this is why I'm so mad today in the first hour it's like this is there's a lot of crap that out there that is incredibly obvious to me but everybody else either doesn't know or doesn't care I think you're underestimating how much Steve needs to plow the land and make it ready for a lot of people to have eyes to see and ears to hear. Yeah, I would add. I would add one thing as well. I mean, there, there. I mean, you, you've got the gift of, of of gab, and so you're you're always going to be able to talk longer than you should. It's just, are you talking for the necessary amount of time? And because the emailer put it in the context of apologetics. If, if you're witnessing to somebody and you didn't build that relationship and start to understand where each other is coming from, and this person is an unbeliever, unchurched growing up, just kind of went with the tide of, of, of culture or whatever context that he's in, um, if you just plop them into the middle of a sermon on the book of Romans or a sermon uh, exploring the finer points of atonement and progressive sanctification, they would have basically no 
no understanding what, what what is going on here. Heck, if you if you drop them in the middle of a Catholic mass, and you saw all of the liturgy that was going on, and, and heard all of the litur- all, all of the sac- or saw all the sacraments taking place, they would think it's really really weird. What what is going on right here? You have to build that foundation of communication before you can actually get to the heart of the matter. And when we're talking about anybody can say. I think the top line about this virus and about the vaccines, uh, virus bad, virus affecting my life. Uh, I don't know why, though. Then you go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Pretty soon you get to antibody-dependent enhancement. You can't go from virus bad to antibody-dependent enhancement like that. So I think that probably you can't go from um, I, 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 I don't I feel incomplete in my life. I feel like there's a God shaped hole in my life to uh, progressive sanctification just like that. So you got to lay the groundwork just a little bit. That all notwithstanding, could I talk less? Uh, yes. Uh, let's go next to um, this one. I live in Florida. As you suggested, I went to the LabCorp office for an antibody test and it was thankfully positive. While in the waiting room, all masked up per the signage on the door, a guy walked in with no mask and started the sign-in process on the kiosk. His arm was in a sling. He had an accident at work and was there for a drug test. After a few moments of servicing others, the receptionist noticed and offered to provide him with a mask. He declined, which she then replied he would then need to leave. He refused to, saying masks are not a law. She continued, and he asked, her to, and he asked to see her supervisor. She offered him a form and said the corporate number is on a wall is on a wall poster. He asked why he needed a phone number. She then left to get a supervisor. While she was getting him, he then schooled myself and seven others, one with a six, one with a child, on how breathing in our own CO2 is not healthy, especially for the child, and that we should know our rights. I was nodding in agreement the whole time. I should have ripped my mask off, and I'm ashamed that I did not. The supervisor came out and told him he couldn't provide service if he didn't mask up, and the guy told him he has to provide service under the Hippocratic Oath, and that masks are not a law, but a suggestion from the CDC. The supervisor eventually backed down. As he was leaving to wait outside for a text when they would be ready, I pulled down my mask and thanked him. He said, you're welcome. This was an African-American man wearing a construction hat with a U.S. flag on it. The phrase you, you always say hit me like a brick. This won't end until we make it end. I thought doctor's offices and hospitals were mandatory for masking, but he knew his rights and I didn't. I'm a mail carrier, and I listen to your show in my truck every day. Thank you for all the information that you three bring to the audience. That is from Alicia Allen. And yes, as our friend Jesse Kelly is fond of saying, we need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's just the bottom line, man. The bully feels real comfortable picking on you because you're real uncomfortable standing up to him. You know when bullies stop picking on, you know bullies don't pick on? People that don't mind being uncomfortable standing up for themselves. I have, because of just various physicals, checkups, preventative testing for my age, etc. I have been within a healthcare facility four times here in Iowa, in the last three months. Do you know how many times they've asked me if I've had the COVID vaccine? Low Low number. number. Zero. Zero. And 
In fact, we've had one conversation about it, and I'm the one that brought it up. I, I, and maybe you can do it better than me. In fact, I'm sure a lot of you could. I've yet to figure out the art of doing this in a non-belligerent fashion. I don't like being belligerent, by the way. I don't. You said the other day here on the show that the thing that you way underestimated when you came to work here was what? How little I micromanage, how little I dictate, how little I oversee, how little I, in, you know, pester everybody around here because you, you brought, you came with an assumption that given, given the expectations I put upon myself that I would therefore uh, douche-tastically impose that on everybody else, right? Yeah. Aaron, have I ever asked you how many hours you work? No, you haven't. Have I ever asked you that, Todd? No. No. Um, Do you know why I haven't asked you that? Because you get your uh, bleep done. If I start asking you questions like that, update your resume. Because that's an indication you're not getting your stuff done. Did I hire men or did I hire amoebas? Did I hire adults or did I hire children? Adults don't have to be babysit, right? Yeah. You guys know what your jobs are, right? I assume that the show will be booked. Things I send you will be edited when on, on deadline and that you'll be here in time for a show to begin at uh, 11 local every day, right? Yeah. Unless, unless otherwise asked, yeah. correct? And Aaron, I assume you're how you will have a, I rarely give, I, you know, it's it, recently in the last few days, I've probably sent Aaron more links for things, inclusion, including in the montage than I probably have in the last couple of years we've been doing this. And a lot of it's just because of all this vaccinated unvaccinated data that i'm getting that you don't see in a lot of other places that's not easy for him to get so i'm flagging it for him but do i inspect your uh, montage before it goes on the air no i don't even know what it's going to be i don't see it until everybody else does because i operate under the assumption here that i work with adults i don't like being belligerent i really don't enjoy it it's not really how i behave in most settings fair Here's the thing, though. I have no problem with doing it if necessary. I would prefer it's not necessary. But I'm totally okay if it is. And as it happens, it's almost always necessary that's the these thing. days. That's the, that's the thing, yes. I, I, would, I would prefer, you know what? Some of you, I got some emails. Didn't like when I called out by name the, the landlord of this building. Did I do that the first time? No. Or the second. Or, or the third. second. Did I do it the 46th time this happened? No. Finally, we got to a point of no return, right? They're now landing on my head. They're flying in front of my face, live on the camera, right? We reached a point of no returns. My previous attempts to deal with this through official channels and non-belligerence, were those, did those get us absolutely anywhere? No. No. One act of belligerence, and man, that afternoon, the head of the pest control company was here, with an individual walkthrough by me. And lo and behold, within a week, we had, we had knocked out nine of these nests. Nine of them. Nine of them. Because I, I, because I said, you know, I, it's not going to be good enough to just walk on the roof and look at the HVAC. You're going to need to open up the paneling and see if there's anything on the inside. And lo and behold, when they opened up the paneling, what did they find? All the wasps and all the nests. Now, all the times that I was polite... They went up there and looked, didn't see anything. Okay, I guess we're screwed, right? No. Nope. No, see, I would prefer to not be belligerent. 
but I have no problem doing so when necessary. Some of you may be able to master the art of, of putting people in uncomfortable positions without being belligerent. By all means, I, I will take your pointers on that. But whether it's belligerent or not, those money changers in the temples ain't going to be turned over by themselves. That jawbone of an ass ain't going to swing itself. That whip of cords ain't going to be fashioned by itself. That, mount, that, that knife didn't just, that blade, that sword didn't just jump into Christ's mouth in the book of Revelation. Just didn't open his mouth and a sword jumped in. Didn't trip and fall and got blood on his robe. Those pagan, idolatrous, human sacrificing cultures in Canaan weren't going to extinguish themselves. Know what I'm saying, G? I do. Yeah. Some of y'all just need to, in fact, a whole lot of y'all need to stop with the Jeremiah 29 11 out of context and start reading Nehemiah from stem to stern in full context for the times in which we live. Because you do reach a critical mass. And I think this studio has been a living testimony to this. You don't always catch more bees with honey. Sometimes you have to smack them real hard. So let me put this in a, in a secular context. We have a diverse opinion on religious views within this audience from secular to Jewish to Messianic Jewish to LDS to Catholic to evangelical to none of the above, right? There's a diversity of those things. So let me put this in a real, just natural common sense description. Whoever is the most comfortable being uncomfortable is going to win. Period. Japs were really comfortable putting their grandmothers in planes as kamikaze pilots. Totally comfortable with it. Till they saw a mushroom cloud on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Not as comfortable any longer, right? right? Yeah, not as comfortable with that. So they were totally fine putting grandma, making grandma a kamikaze pilot or grandma a kamikaze assaulter on Iwo Jima or Guam. But when they saw grandma's face melt off at Hiroshima and Nagasaki, like some bad 80s special effects, they're like, yeah, we'll see you in Tokyo Bay. We'll bring the ink. Unconditional surrender, where do we sign? That's how this works. That's how it's always worked on this planet, east of Eden. Both in war and in peace, and in, and in, 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 in whether it's the sacred or the secular. Why did the disciples win? Dude, go ahead and crucify, can crucify me upside down, dude. Totes legit. I'm good with it. Yeah. Vat of acid, I'm in. Dude, I'll, I, dude I, will, I will jump into the mouths of lions. You're right. Right in front of your ass. How you like them apples? 
I'm totally comfortable being uncomfortable in the name of Jesus. I'm totally comfortable with it. Even to my own death. Are you comfortable with it? I am. That's always who wins. Whoever's the guy at the poker table that cares the least about losing. What's the secret of Donald Trump's business success? He just assumes that the people in the room are weaker than him, care more about losing than he does, have more shame than he does, are tethered to things that he will fuse, even when it comes down to even his own marital obligations. I'll go to the mattresses. You won't. I win. Period. Not necessarily advising Deploying all of those tactics, per se, fair, okay? But the sentiment, muy bien. Two worldviews have now entered a steel cage match. Only one of them is walking out. Only one. The left America is in there, and what's the spirit of the age America, and what's left of America. That's what's in there. Somebody sent me a video from Russell Brand yesterday. I watched the entire thing, all 18 minutes, and given my schedule, that's tough to get me to do. I was freaking captivated. I shared it everywhere I could. It was some of the best political analysis I've ever seen. It was even more than that. It was like, well, uh, moral. It was moral. I have no idea what his foundational worldview is. If I had to guess, it ain't the same as mine. But it ain't the spirit of the ages either, if you know what I'm saying. Know what I mean? Yeah. But so here, but so, so we're, we, we have an opportunity here to create a very unique and wide encompassing alliance of people who want to reserve for themselves the right to critically think. And if there's one thing the devil hates more than anything other than faithful obedience to God, it's critical thinking. Hates it. But we're not going to be the side that walks out of that steel cage until we're more comfortable being uncomfortable than the people who come up and bug us while we're trying to eat outside. The people that destroy our neighborhoods and homes, the people that shut down our churches, the people that mask up our kids until we're perfectly fine being more uncomfortable than they are, we won't win, period. Want to add anything to that? Nailed it. That's my rage. Last week, uh, I said something similar. So, Nicki Minaj, Russell Brand, and Steve Dace walk into a bar. There's no joke. They just got along. Yes. Even though I confused you with whatever Cardi B is, I don't know the difference. <laughs> All right. And if you just, Arizona State University, did you see that video yeah. that's out? No. Uh, two white dudes studying in what is apparently a safe space, and one on one guy's. Laptop. It has a uh, what? All police lives matter. Now who knows? These guys may have done this, looking for this fight. I have no idea. I don't know if this really is some safe space, and we don't care. They shouldn't exist, anyways. But anyway, so two women come up and videotape him and tell them 
they're racist for even being there for having that sticker on this there's a simple if if they were remotely serious at asu about what colleges were founded in the first place if this doesn't have to be some wholesale civil those two girls expelled you're done just that watch how the conversation changes just watch. watch yep. It's like it's like at the end of uh, um, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Fantastic movie. The end when the kids come back out of the wardrobe and where were you? Sir, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. And he says, try me. We never try. We never, ever try. These, these guys, uh, there's never any consequences, which why it gets worse and worse and worse. Show them some damn consequences. I'm not saying that it, you know, do the whole Chris Pat Pratt and Guardians of the Galaxy wind up with the middle finger kind of thing. I am suggesting, though, that as sort of a base mindset. I'm sorry. I, I, you've confused me with someone who gives a runny turd with corns in it what you think. Try someone else. Oh, are you talking? Oh, you're talk, I'm sorry. Um, you, you, you must have me confused. There's not a number in known quantum mathematics, a negative integer, in fact, that goes low enough that, that can accurate, accurately quantify how little your take on what I think really, really, truly matters to me. But have a nice day. We're not comfortable being uncomfortable. And that's why we're losing here. That's why. That's the number one carnal reason why. On a meta level, we're losing because spiritually, this is a this is a country either in rebellion or a country being punished for its rebellion. But on a human level, it really just comes down to we just care way too much about what other people think of us and pleasing them and being comfortable and not rocking the boat, not, you know, um, not being called a name. Oh my goodness. You know, what would, what, what, boy, if Aunt Beatrice, I mean, if, if she calls me a Nazi on her Facebook page, what'll become of me? It really, that, that's, that's really on a base, basic instinct level. That's what's driving all this more than anything else. And it's disgusting. It, it, it is. And, and I've tried to be, I, I know this, may make you laugh steve this is you trying to be patient i've tried to be somewhat patient with it because the way i was raised i wasn't even given the benefit of that i mean i just i had to seek affirmation i had to beg for it you know there wasn't enough honor rolls enough varsity letters enough accomplishments I never knew if I had pleased the old man or it had arrived or any, I never, so I lived in a constant state of a lack of consistent affirmation and just had to learn to kind of, you know, accept it. So this temptation, I don't understand at all. I don't. Now I've got my own blind spots, man. I got my own issues. I got my own thorns in my flesh. Sometimes they come out on the air and I'm thankful that enough of you give me grace to come back for the next episode after they do. Okay. And so I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to understand what was it like to be raised in a good home? What was it like to be given affirmation all the time? What was it like to know truly what unconditional love was? What was it like to be born on third and credited with a triple? 
What was it like? I don't know. I don't know the answer to any of those things. I'm a poor white trash kid born to a 15-year-old mom and who married a stepdad who thought the great Santini was, you know, uh, James Dobson's uh, manual for focus on the family and how to raise kids. Who was a pot dealer. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. We moved all the time. I had to start over all the time. I had to start at the bottom all the time. To get where I'm at now, I started in a friggin' mailroom, man. So I, I've been on the dirt road since, you know, I came out of a 15-year-old girl's uh, womb. I don't understand this idea that comforts the highest, the highest setting. I've just never, I've never benefited from it. So I'm trying to give more grace here, I'm, but I'm losing my patience. You know why? Because the time is running out for us to figure out that we need to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Who doesn't like a good snack throughout the day, especially if, like me, you've got a sweet tooth? But I've got great news for you. If you're wondering, man, for too long, I have just fought the battle between health and good taste and stuff, and the good taste and stuff too often wins. Well, now you don't have to make that choice anymore because of a fantastic product that we absolutely love on this show called Built Bar. It is the most fantastic protein bar you have ever had. Tastes like a candy bar, has the texture of a candy bar. Uh, it's flavors. If you look at the coconut flavor there, just like a Mounds Joy, uh, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, these are all great, but the greatest of all Built Bar flavors, chocolate chip cookie dough, it is out right now and it is real and it is spectacular. So if you want to give it a shot right now and you want to see what would a candy bar taste like if it had um, all that, all those grams were protein instead of sugar and fat, and it was 180 calories or less. You're about to find out. All right. Go to built.com, B U I L T, for built.com. Use my last name, Dace, as your promo code, especially now that chocolate chip cookie dough is here. Built.com, promo code Dace. All right. Let's get back to some feedback Friday here. And let's go next here to this note, which I've withheld the name from. I'm an active duty major. In the U.S. Marine Corps, I would love to get your thoughts on resisting the COVID mandate being implemented across the Department of Defense. First off, let me say I'm not in a situation where I need this income to survive. Neither does my love for the Corps cover the multitude of sins committed toward my fellow Marines, sailors, airmen, and soldiers. To my point, the senior military brass has demonstrated more resolve in bringing its own members to heal against a sickness that has killed a total of 43 out of 2.1 million members of the military than it has against the Taliban over the course of the Afghan withdrawal, as well as against an administration responsible for the death of one-third as many military members in a single day of that withdrawal. My issue is this. With military-obligated service remaining on my contract and no mechanism whatsoever for repaying that contract other than through time served, I am faced with the prospect of violating my word and commitment in order to resist taking a vaccine that I completely disagree with taking for logical rather than religious reasons. There is a mechanism for filing for a religious exemption, but ultimately the military can and will deny that petition due to a compelling government interest. Frankly, the military must be afforded the right to make that determination as it sees fit. But if I still double down and resist, I can be tried for violating a lawful order and, worst case, 
be given a dishonorable discharge with ramifications similar to a felony, loss of the ability to purchase firearms, vote, etc. At the end of the day, when joining the military, I agreed to suspend the use of certain rights. If I were a civilian, I would in a heartbeat walk out on an employer who tried to mandate this, putting my very house and home on the table and stand for my rights. But barring a level of moral conviction about the vaccines themselves that would compel me to burn at the stake, it seems the nature of my contractual military obligation leaves me fewer avenues for resistance. I don't agree with the politicization of the military, but I don't know what, that I have the moral latitude to leverage my views against what the courts will determine is a lawful order. I'd like to get all feedback. I'd like to get feedback from all three of you gentlemen, if I could. So we have actually heard from a lot of people. My inbox has, has, has received a lot of these sorts of notes from active duty personnel. Um, and I think, again, withholding your name, of course, given your situation, you have adequately and accurately described the predicament here. So I, this would be my feedback, and then I will turn it over to Todd and Aaron. I think we would both agree that there are things the military could command you to do or command of you that even though they're within the chain of command, there is a higher law that you must obey and you are not to fear the one who can destroy the body, but to fear the one that can destroy the body and cast the soul into hell. At Nuremberg, there was a famous case. They made a movie about it, uh, Judgment at Nuremberg with Spencer Tracy and Burt Lancaster. There was a famous case of a, of a German judge who tried to use, and, and he did do this, he successfully used loopholes in the German law to get as many uh, folks exempted from persecution and being sent to concentration camps as he could. But when he ran out of loopholes in the German law, even though his conscience knew it was wrong, he thought he still had to obey the law. And he wanted to be looked at as a hero for the people that he was able to save. They hung him from the neck until he stopped breathing for the people whose kill orders he signed. Because there's a higher law there. It doesn't say thou shall not murder unless your life is at stake and you have to throw another human being up there in order to save your hindquarters. Is that what it says? No, no. That, that's not the commandment, right? Don't, don't commit murder. And he did. Now, your situation is nowhere near, in my opinion, the predicament that was presided over in this particular case at Nuremberg, but the premise applies. Or does it? See, this is what I think you've got to iron out, my friend. Are you violating a higher moral law? If the, if the military told you, go in and firebomb this nursery of children, should you do it? Should he? No. No. So that would be a case. So I bring these extreme examples up because we're setting a precedent. Are there moments when you should obey the higher chain of command not than the military chain of command? Yes. Right. The question that I think you need to wrestle with is, is if this is one of those moments. And you may come to the conclusion that it is not, that it sucks, that it's poopy, that it's terrible, that it's authoritarian. But east of Eden, in a fallen world, 
the fact that we need men like you to serve in places like where you are kind of affirms we're going to run into situations like this every now and then here in a fallen creation, right? Right. You're going to run into situations that are imperfect, that suck, that are terrible, unfair, authoritarian, BS, douche-tastic. If that wasn't the case, brother, we would need warriors like you to fight for us. So you know, you, you know better than us that these situations exist because you're trained to confront them for us. So within your internal calculus and mechanism and, and conscience and then the people that care about you that are invested in you, if you're married, you have children or family of any kind, that's the question. Does, this, does, does, does obeying this edict puts you in a position, because you're right, by joining, by joining, you have made the case affirmatively, you're willing to give up a certain level of your freedoms and liberties that the average American continues to, to have. And we appreciate that people like you will do that for us. So does this reach that threshold where I have to, I got to go Luther here at Wittenberg. Here I stand, I can do no more. May God have mercy on my soul. And, and I don't think, frankly, I'm in a position to make that case one way or the other for you. I'm just, in the, I'm just here to kind of help you understand the case that your conscience is going to have to wrestle with. Anybody else? Yeah, actually, I, I, I might surprise you on this, particularly based on my attitude of uh, the rest of this uh, show previously. But uh, if I was in your shoes, I would t- get vaccinated. Uh, for all the reasons uh, uh, Steve said, and the uh, while I think th- there are disgusting negative consequences of taking uh, this vaccine, uh, uh, and certainly with uh, uh, young males, myocarditis, I, it, it's mm-hmm. foolhardy to be put, putting this into the veins of people. I mean, you get vaccinated for things, you're going overseas, you're going into it. Uh, places uh, that don't have the level of sanitation hygiene, broadly speaking, I understand why you would do something there and that wouldn't be a choice. So I would, I would get vaccinated, but here's the thing. What, what you're, the reason you're here in the military and having to deal with this level of uh, oppression is I would have absolutely said hell no on all of the gender theory nonsense. I would not if I was in the military I'd I'd be court martial I'd say yeah that's that that's a dude over there that's not a chick I'm not doing the pronoun thing what the hell we're supposed to be learning how to kill people here and I'm going through gender studies training I would have absolutely gladly been court martialed for that and because way too many of the people in the military didn't stand up then now you're all getting that needle shoved in your ass so we're not even, we, we, we needed to fight that. Steve said it just before. You keep kicking the can down the road and the problem gets bigger and more oppressive and then the risks you have to take to fight back are all the more. Where the hell was everybody in the military saying, yeah, we're not doing gender studies here. You're going to have to court-martial all of us. Where yep. were you? Yep. Great point. So my reaction to this um, feedback and... It's not changed having listened to, to both Steve and Todd, and I don't mean this to sound flippant, but this is just, this is my reaction. I, it's not, 
meant to sound flippant or dismissive whatsoever, my reaction is, okay. Okay. Sounds like you've thought things through. It's not, it's not really a huge moral weight on your conscience. Okay. That's, is that bad? Is, is no. No. Here's why it's not bad. Because a guy who volunteered in our place to acknowledge mm-hmm. that the world can, can turn into a zero-sum game, and I'm willing to confront that on your behalf, when and if it does, is now turning back to the people that he's made that commitment on behalf of and saying, hey, check me. Check my conscience. Check my motivations. Check my... Dude, that's... Dude, what is a man? We just gave you a living, breathing example of one right then and there. Right then and there. Right then and there. A guy with the confidence in his own convictions that he would die for them, but enough humility in regard to his own humanity to know I ain't all that at the exact same time. That's 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 a great example of one. That that one that note right there. It's the it's the amount of people that won't make this calculation that won't even ask themselves this question. We'll just go home and grumble to the wife and say, "I guess I'll tomorrow I'll go get jabbed." Those are the dudes, mm-hmm. the boys who can shave. They're killing us, Smalls. And it ain't that they made the decision to go get jabbed. It's that they didn't make a decision at all. Yeah. They didn't think it through. They didn't game plan this out. They didn't assess their own situation, talk it through. They just bitched and moaned and then assumed the position. They shut their holes and they know their roles like the good little plebes they are. As they watch Meghan Markle and and the new governor of New York talk openly in, 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 front of, in, in front of others with no masks. And then when the cameras come in, they grab their masks from their pockets and put them on. And when they just go home, then you just, your response to that is just, makes you go home from work, grumble, open my mouth, shove that full money all the way down my throat. I'll take it all. I'll even come back for seconds, sloppy or otherwise. And then after the system has ridden me hard and put me away wet, I'll show up for work the next day and kneel before Zod. That's the crap that's killing us. It's not the decisions people are making. They're not even making any decisions. There's no calculations. None of it. I just can't lose my job. I can't do anything. You're, I, you, maybe you can't. I've lost a ton of jobs. Several times I've had to go home and tell them. I got, there were three sports talk radio stations in Des Moines. I was fired from two of them. Right? I might be the only talk show host in America that's worked at three sports talk radio stations in the same city. You, you might you, you might have a, an, an in-law who's in critical care, a child who requires you can't lose your health insurance. We're not here to judge you, are we, for that? No. But how about at least walking through that process before you just say, yes, by all means, Adebisi, Schillinger, I'm the new guy in Oz. Let's play soap on a rope. That's what's killing us. It's not the decisions men are making about whether to go along with this or not. It's that they're not making any bleeping decisions at all. Sheep say bah. Indeed. You know, trying to sell your home in any particular period of time can be challenging. 
especially during these ankle-grabbing, I'm sorry, especially during these unprecedented times. Bah. <laughs> this is going to be the best real estate agents I trust for live read ever. Okay. Uh, that's why I want to make sure you go in with a real estate agent that you can trust, someone who comes complete with a verified track record of success as well. Where would you find such a person? Well, good news for you. The name kind of says it all. It's called realestateagentsitrust.com. Just go right to that website. Just about anywhere you want to escape to or from, uh, we can probably help you. Find a real estate agent that you can trust. It's a company started by Glenn Beck and some of his folks who were tired of dealing with real estate agents who didn't deliver when they were needed the most. They're like, you know what? This is a pretty big audience. There's got to be at least a handful of good real estate agents in this audience. And they found out there were actually quite a few. So they started networking them with listeners and viewers in the audience. And from that effort came this business. So if you want to see if we can find you an agent that you can trust will take charge of your situation, but also remember that you're ultimately the one in charge, go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. Um, someone just sent me pumpkin spice. Emily just sent me pumpkin spice ravioli. Let me reply, reply back to her. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's my answer to that. Kidding me. You know, I have an encouragement for, for all of our listeners to end the week. There are so many things coming at us from all sides, from all factions right now. It feels like we're overwhelmed, like we're surrounded all the time. The fight or flight instinct is there all the time. But I think there's always one thing in these times that we can lean on. And that's the fact that many of us have never had dinners with Bill Gates before. (laughs) Well, he's dead now. So there's that. <laughs> that guy rules the world. And you just go say, yeah. sounds about right. What a great way to end this. That was perfect. That was absolutely perfect. You, Stephen Weber, deadpan that man like a boss, by the way. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Have a great weekend. Back at it again tomorrow. Or, I'm sorry, Monday. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.